At this point, you should be on the frame with a film strip title that says Oral Hygiene. Guess what? It's oral hygiene, where we talk about caught films, experimental films, educational films, things like that. This one was like a proper release when it came out, like in 1920. So now mm-hmm. I guess it counts as a caught as a caught film. That was me. Yeah, sorry. This now mm-hmm. counts as a caught film because like it's not that many people watch it, I guess, anymore, which is the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Hello, Mark. Hi. I was going to say this. This uh, it's it's like pulling teeth to get people to watch silent films. Hi, I've run a film festival for several of the last fifteen years, and this is the first year in many years we haven't done a silent film because it is hard to get people to watch silent film. You play music over the silent film, right? Yeah, yeah, every single time. Not so silent anymore. Actually, um, with that's Caligari. why many people were like, turn that down. <laughs> yeah caligari i i did just play my own music over it because i could That's and um good call i noticed you were like oh that they padded the time out with the um intertitles it, it's felt like it yes yeah so um i found more often with silent films uh and the insider secret is on they're all on youtube and you can speed up the speed you're watching it mm, that's so i mean especially if it's being shown at the correct frame rate now it just looks like what you think silent films look like but you know that's not what it actually looks like you're just saving time that's a good idea i mean i was watching it on on blu-ray like a savage ah i have the dvd like right over there but it's over there and my computer's right in front of me so and it's on uh, youtube same nice yeah print. the disc of I'll, i would show you my nice kino lorber blu-ray box which doesn't actually belong to me but um it's over there no, I never, never upscaled on that one. Hey, what's the film Kino about? Lorber. It's about Dr. Caligari and his cabinet. Or is it? That's it. That's all you got. <laughs> I mean, Dr. Caligari has a, um, Dr. Caligari has a somnambulist named Cesar in a box. Cesar is, he's, he was told by ancient 18th century texts how to train him to murder people. And I guess he wanted Cesar to murder people just so he could become Dr. Caligari, which I guess is the name of the actual guy from the 18th century, but not, it's not his actual name, but then also he ends up in a straitjacket in the insane asylum that he runs. But also that isn't actually what happens because Francis was crazy the whole time. And he, he was the one in the mental hospital and then he was in a straitjacket. And then Dr. Caligari's like, I can fix him. And you're like, wait, that, that was a late addition to the film. That was <laughs> the writers were not into. They did not agree with uh, that. They did not I love agree that. with the framing. I mean, I get, I get it, but I, I understand why someone would hate that. But I love it. It's ridiculous. It's like I, the 
that Simpsons episode where it zooms in on the dog and it looks suspicious at the end. <laughs> Ironically, I think the original writers still had a wraparound device. It was just a different one. Hmm. Which oh, so you're saying the writers sense. didn't like any of the insane asylum stuff? I thought you were saying just the very, very end. I no, I think it was the beginning and the end, but um, but, oh, yeah, the beginning. Anyways, there were major changes, and they teased off some of the the writers. So interesting. Yeah. Uh, no, I I never knew that. Was but I was gonna say that you kind of noted this in your notes also that once you've seen this, you can't not see the beginning as crazy man in crazy house with crazy girlfriend you know it's like you see that and you're like yeah well let me tell you a story you know it's just it's obviously it's it's very like maybe the beginning should have been less obvious yeah i'm trying to remember the first time i saw it which was a while ago if i was just like uh, I, I think the first time i was like that's weird but okay he's telling a story sure <laughs> I, this is one of those where I don't remember finding out what the twist was. It was like long enough ago that I don't remember being surprised by it. I didn't like remember it, the details of the twist, but I remember that the wraparound was an insane asylum. Yeah, I, I think it was I, I was probably in college or hmm. maybe just before college. But I, I, yeah, I don't I don't ever remember not knowing what the twist was. It's right. like I don't remember finding out what what uh, Darth Vader was Luke's father. <laughs> Dude, spoilers. I'm sorry. Spoilers <laughs> for a movie that is 57 <laughs> years newer than Dr. Caligari. Wow, you did that math quickly. I guess it's easy with 1920. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm good at math. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was 45 years ago. So, but what happens since the whole movie is being told by an insane person? Any weird, you know, like plot holes are instantly fixed, I guess. Yeah, I um, really thought about this time how there's the weird plot hole where he follows Dr. Caligari to an insane asylum and then isn't just like, wait, what? Why is he working in an insane asylum? Why is he not Dr. Caligari? But then he is. There is some. But it's like dream logic. It works. I I think it's a great. This is a great early example of. I don't know what you would call it. Twilight Zoney. Yeah, Lynchian twist, twist sci-fi, twisty well, sci-fi. Well, it's a, it's being it's coming from a completely different world, not just in time but in space, right? So yeah, yeah, you know, it's like the the particular flavor here is a uh, one. I mean, this is this is pretty much like the peak German expressionism, I guess. Because mm-hmm. in also, Metropolis, it's toned down by then, right? It's got all the Art Deco coming in and stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of it's rough. I it's it's tough to like. I I haven't seen enough of these, but are there enough of them to see to to like chart the course of everything? Actually, no. Um, I mean, people always hear about German expressionism, but it was it was a pretty short lived trend, like maybe two years. But yeah. the the effects, especially the filmmaking uh, techniques, were you know they lasted obviously because people still use them. <laughs> I mean, punk didn't last longer than three years. Come at me, internet. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, it's more more of the influence. But this is definitely because mm-hmm. well, the sets. I guess we have to talk about the sets. You know. Yeah, the sets are amazing. Yeah, I mean, completely. You know, they it looks like the theater of puppetry arts right so <laughs> half the time yeah, they, in an awesome the, way yeah every there 
Yeah, absolutely. Every house looks like it is a cloaked man running away from you. <laughs> yeah. It is everything looks yeah, everything looks um like like a bat. It just everything I, looks like a bat. Because I started to think that when you mentioned the insane asylum, I'm like, yeah, all insane asylums should have doors like that. <laughs> it's, it's true. It would keep everybody occupied. They wouldn't uh, wouldn't be able to leave. They would just be like, oh, the insane that window asylum. is far away. <laughs> I just, just like I'm pretty sure, I, except for the wraparound, there might be one or two. But um, yeah, there, there's no right angles in this movie, right? <laughs> I don't think so. That's pretty cool. <laughs> there might be a, some chairs with right angles. I wasn't really paying attention. I bet, but. I'm, but even the chairs didn't. But um, and I, I, it's been a few years since I watched this. Um, but and once you know it, it's like yeah, of course. Um, realizing just how much light and shadow is painted on the sets, mm-hmm. as opposed to them lighting. <laughs> That's something I definitely think about more as an adult. It's like, um, when's the last time you watched Wizard of Oz? five years ago maybe yeah so as an adult i every time i've watched wizard of oz it's it's kind of turned into a thing where i'm like wow these sets are cool i wish i could just hang out in the set like yeah. whatever forests and stuff right right you know it's good it's a small world just ride that in a loop all day that's kind of the same thing yeah they just um they're lifting their mask requirement again so it's just going to be full of uh, unvaccinated people that's my masked not uh, my my nightmare is this not i'm not talking about covid nightmares is being like mm-hmm. on the not in the boat and it's a small world but on the shore right and everything's mm. on and i'm alone in the room would it blow your mind for me to tell you i've never been on that ride not particularly i guess but, one of the last times i went to disney was with you in 2009 yeah and at that point i'd never been to magic kingdom and I did go with friends of mine for their wedding where they snuck into Haunted Mansion and got married without Disney's approval, which was <laughs> hilarious, but also really uh, tense. But um, punk rock coming back. It was hard. Uh, it was hard for me to stay with a group and everything. And then there was a very long. Uh, that whole thing took up a lot of time. There's a meal where we ate at whatever Beauty and the Beast Bistro. I don't think it's called that Bestial- and the, the bestiality, the bestiality's bistro. <laughs> um, and, and I rode space mountain three times. So right. I didn't, so I didn't get to do a lot of the stuff there Were the lights on at space mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. 20, Cause 2013. Cause sometimes the lights are on and usually they're off. Right. I don't know. I mean, Oh, you mean on is in like full in up coast. lights. No, yeah. no, no, no. Okay. You couldn't see everything. I, is that does that happen? Yeah, that they let happens. people ride with like full lights up. That yeah, sounds like it would be kind of. It's usually an accident. Bummer. I, I was just I was just thinking I'll, I'll watch YouTube videos of ride vids sometimes. So you could ride. Mm-hmm. It's a small world that way if you really wanted to, but you'd go insane. Mm-hmm. But I saw one just a few <laughs> days ago of space. Someone riding Space Mountain with the lights on, and at the end when they're supposed to be coming into the the port again, spaceport. There's like a mm-hmm. door open, like this is still in the main coaster room, and it's um there's just like an office with like you know like a light like the lights <laughs> in there. It's just like it looks like you're going by someone's office. It's like, uh, really... and yeah, and, um, and the whole thing's just a Mad Mouse roller coaster. Yeah, I thought you when you said lights were off, I thought you meant like all of the lights, like it was complete darkness, and like that that actually makes more sense to me than 
than having full lights up. Yeah. Like if you just wrote it in complete total darkness, that'd be pretty awesome. But I mean, I think it's usually like a, a problem, right? Which is, but people were riding yeah. and it, it, but it happens reasonably often enough that, you know, it's a thing. <laughs> Have you ridden the, uh, I feel like this is almost like the uh, big brother of that coaster. Have you ridden the Aerosmith roller coaster? Oh yeah. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. It's great. There's like that VHS tape of them, like talking about how they were going to let all the fans ride in a limo, but it's just like painfully, terribly acted. And it's just, it's just the whole thing where they're all in full frame. Like, yeah, man, it's a good idea for us to give our fans limo ride, man. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. It's like clearly VHS. Cause it, I think that ride was like 93. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a small world. Uh, we went to Disney 10 years ago and I, usually we try to plan a day where there wouldn't be so many people there, but we just couldn't do it. So it's kind of busy. And Hana was like three at the time and we just kept riding it's a small world until we went insane. Cool. Couldn't I mean, even ride the honey it. hunt that day. It was too bad. Um, <laughs> anyway, Caligari is like the, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. That that's, yeah, it's much better in Tokyo than it is in the States. Well, you know, now uh, Winnie the Pooh's public domain is of this year, so you can make your own Winnie the Pooh ride. All right. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like the, the Simpsons, like Homer, Homer land. <laughs> yeah, you just go just go into my garage and go to the Winnie the Pooh dark ride. And it's just like a guy dressed as a bear going like, Argh! I showed you my picture that, didn't I? Yeah. A guy dressed as a bear. That's me in the bear suit. That was my profile picture. I talked about on an episode of this already, weirdly enough. I'll have to go back and listen to it. I'll just send you the bear picture. It's easier. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it works. Um, Make that the uh, picture for this episode. Maybe I will. No, no, it's Caligari. You put up a Caligari picture for Caligari. I got so many tangents out of this. All right. Uh, cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Okay. Um, I, I'm pretty sure the first time I saw this, I thought Cesar was the same actor as Francis. I, I, I don't, I don't think I realized there were two different people until like a couple of viewings. No, it just seems he's, like he's sleeping most of the time, so he doesn't get another role. Well, that seems like the sort of thing this movie would do, but also um, German white guys all kind of look alike. That's racist. Sort of. Sorry, the sorry, Germany. I'm sorry, Germany. I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, when they're when you're wearing like super white makeup and yeah. it's black and white, yeah, it's yeah. I was hard. like, is this the birth of goth? I mean, well, I guess gothic horror, but as far as like looking like the cure, mm. it seems like the start of that. Yeah, it's definitely it's like the grandfather of goth. Maybe I, mean, yeah. I feel like Tim Burton owes pretty much all of his like successful period to this. The success period. He said, like, you know, his success, you know, when he was successful. No, I know. It just sounded like you were like his success, period. You know, like, oh, his, he owes his success to this movie, period. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Because he did his, um, maybe. I guess, Dark Shadows, his version, Dark Shadows would be his Caligari. But I didn't watch that. So I don't know. I'm just judging because uh, Johnny Depp <laughs> looks like Cesar. <laughs> that movie was better than it had any right to be. But still, I wouldn't consider that's like 20 years after he did most of his good stuff yeah i was thinking wait did i watch it and for some reason i listened to a podcast on it without watching it you, mm. you, you so people do that occasionally well i was like i'm never actually gonna watch it and there was yeah. some reason i wanted to hear someone talk about it. i don't remember what it was it's but like I, I listened to your sci-fi sanctuary episode about batman and robin yeah but you'd seen that before i never... saw 20 minutes of it and i quit 
Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, German mysticism of the twenties—it's some weird stuff. I mean, I guess it kind of gotten half forgotten on the thirties, or or you have the the Nazis in Antarctica, you know, bringing up Lovecraftian spirits. I don't know. I mean, this feels almost like a weird, like prediction of like the Thule society and all that stuff. I, it's it's I'm from what I read. Apparently, Murnau was like genuinely worried about something happening like that even <laughs> even this far back which is like which is crazy and kind of scary Some it's kind of it's kind of scary it's I mean, kind of scary once the war it? was over once world war one was over you know people that were really paying attention could probably pick up on the uh what was in the air you know yeah it's scary because that stuff is kind of in the air here in the united states and people are openly talking about it so right you know Mm. It's, yeah yeah but uh yeah because metropolis has some of the weird mysticism as well but obviously like you know just in the uh just for the scientists lab <laughs> yeah well it's like what what is it science can be indistinguishable from magic if it's done and, properly and, you know i, I mean the quote you know alchemy was or is if you talk to certain people a science right <clears throat> i mean yeah. most most of what we do now a scientific method came with people screwing around with alchemy isaac newton's main jam was alchemy all that other stuff was kind of like on the side yeah i mean full metal alchemist that's, right that's probably a bad reference but <laughs> it was pretty much germany um <laughs> yeah i mean what the guy who invented LSD was trying to wasn't he just trying to uh, make some kind of headache medicine or something? I mean, that's like how you got penicillin and then Cary Grant was taking his headache medicine, right? And having a yeah. fine old time <laughs> byproducts. And then that that basically led to MK Ultra, which is what this really feels like a prediction of. This yes. is like MK Ultra, the movie almost. Yeah, I would agree. And I, um, it, What's his name? Something Cameron, Dr. Cameron in Canada. You know who I'm talking about? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, he was a basically an MK Ultra dude. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like the people come in just with like depression. Right. And he uh, it's the oh God, psychic driving. You've heard that, I'm sure. Yeah, I have heard that term. So he, he put him under for like sometimes like weeks at a time and feed these tapes to them. And like some of them like just when they came back they were just like even like way more nuts than when they went in yeah i mean as as real as mk ultra is they still never actually like made an assassin but you know they would have liked to <laughs> but it's like you could argue that this is the ultimate mk ultra movie because it didn't really happen yeah <laughs> it's like really all that happened was people lost their minds right right not not because of not because of dr caligari but you know no at the end i i put like oh this this could have been like a great 1920s sitcom but all we got was buster <laughs> keaton and harold lloyd <laughs> what was that dudley moore movie where they just like lived in a mental hospital and made advertisements crazy people yeah that's the one like crazy the, people the, the, the movie poster of the beast It'll fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel like that movie's probably like not politically correct enough to recommend to people, but I I did think it was really funny at the time. 
well the, all the pitches are funny that that actually is a very good example of the um 80s comedy where the first half is like hysterical and then the second half is like boring as hell yeah because they turn like, it into a thing like why don't we have rights why don't we why don't we make our lives better and make everyone feel good it's like ugh. so the much better version of that would be the the dream team with christopher lloyd um and some i, mean, I think michael Keaton. oh in yeah isn't it like they break out of mental hospital and just like wreak havoc or something yeah or, or there's like there's a being there which also that's, kind of no that isn't not a, it's not really a comedy and it's also not as funny now that we've had like a uh an imposter president basically right. yeah yeah um i was just thinking well one i i, I think it counts do people think of it as comedy just because it has peter sellers <laughs> yeah probably okay. i mean there it are funny fun. things there are really funny things in it yeah true but, true uh, yeah and and at the moment i'm just like raking my brain to even remember any of the like details of that film just aside from wow how about that yeah it's been <laughs> I, I, I watched it a lot like somewhere around 1990 but it's been quite a while that quick change uh quick changes mm-hmm. the the bank thieves not not technically yeah. crazy people but kind of the same vibe there i mean you could do like 12 monkeys and fight club have those kind of elements or you could just let the guy sleep, which is what they do here for the most part, except when he needs to go practice his stabbing. No, oh, yeah. Wait, you said because you said what they do here for the most part. I was thinking you were talking about Japan for a second. I'm like, oh, they just let people sleep. Well, no, actually, actually that's great. No, there are a lot of uh, examples of people practicing their stabbing in Japan recently, but um, yeah, that's unfortunately I've been a thing recently. But uh, this yeah, podcast was, is against stabbing. Yeah, don't stab people. No stabbing unless, unless you need to practice it unless it's a metaphor <laughs> right uh but yeah 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 um the carnival barking's weird that should have been the first you know note that this was a dream who yeah what kind of what, what kind of pitch is that okay hey, this guy's been <laughs> sleeping come watch him it's like uh-huh. yeah you see people like laugh at him and you're kind of like hmm I was like, Look, kind he's of not ridiculous. sleeping anymore like you can fake that pretty pretty easily now, now of course when this when this um film first premiered you know the the for the opening when caesar opens caesar opens his eyes of course that made the women in the theater scream and for once i'm like okay i can kind of get that <laughs> like that that is truly creepy it's still creepy you know it's not like a lot of uh older movies where like oh people were like scandalized by that at the time yeah <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot that's aged really well, like especially Caligari's performance is just like completely just unhinged. It's it's great. Like I I had so much fun just watching his eyes dart around. <laughs> right. So I'm wondering, well, if he wakes him up, so he hasn't actually been sleeping 23 years. He, you know, briefly wakes up and murders here and there because he, he goes from town to town doing this. Um, I suppose the problem that's is something. We're just trying to unspool dream logic, I guess, which doesn't make sense. But, but, you and know, we're also uns- trying to unspool, like, we're trying to, like, do world building in a film that literally has six people in it. They certainly build a world, though. They do, but <laughs> they do, but it's like, even, yeah, even, um, I, th- this, this film has six people in it and like two, maybe three locations. And I'm not even I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I think it's a fantastic thing. I love intimacy. I love, uh, you know, I love 
films like Evil Dead 2, which is literally just a man and an evil presence in a room together, pretty much, with like a couple of guests. <laughs> right. Um, what was the lamest design? <sighs> the lamest design? I don't know. I, I don't think any of it was lame. I was going to, uh, the fake body, which is kind of, I mean, intentional. Oh, lame. yeah. Okay. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now that you now that you mention it, yes, that was like that shouldn't have fooled anybody. But beforehand, I was like writing notes, like because I forgot about that. I was like, you know, like oh maybe he bilocates, you know, like yogis and Luke Skywalker. <laughs> that could have been like the first fake body that anybody ever made. That's in actually, history. I jumped ahead to some of the the <laughs> night galleries, right? Because um, I'm mm-hmm. in the Twilight Zone, and one of them yeah. is a guy who's he's um an, a crippled athlete, right? And he wants he's wants to murder his um wife's lover astrally but he he gets lost and goes into his room and kills himself when he does it (laughs) yes it's awesome (laughs) i haven't um i don't know if i mentioned i haven't seen a lot of the night galleries i've only recently been doing that but um again uh, you know that one was a little little more horary so it gets a little more into caligari space i guess not so much design wise but American yeah, TV never, especially in the 60s, didn't really pull off the German expressionist look. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Caligari, I mean, it, it sort of inhabits the same space where it kind of is like it's a cautionary, like a moralistic fable, but it's not it's not going to make it easy for you to it's it's like I don't I don't want to just say it's making you think because that sounds like the, just the most basic thing to say, but it kind of is. It is forcing you to think about what the film actually means, but whatever you give a twisty thing like that. Yeah. What is the um? what? So obviously this is not a high budget designer. I think it's just highly creative, right? I, what, I was kind of like, I wonder how much they worked on this. It's <laughs> like they worked a lot. They did a lot of painting. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was just wondering when, you know, once film budgets could be more expansive, when was this look fully realized for you? This look? Yeah. I mean, Beetlejuice? Does that count? Yeah, that counts, that, certainly. Yeah. I, I don't. Um, uh, there's probably like a really obvious one that I'm not thinking of from like the middle of the 20th century. Yeah. Uh, here's what I was thinking. Um Beetlejuice actually didn't come to mind, although we already talked about Burton, right? So a um, little bit of Dark City, I guess. They yeah, Dark have... City is a game. I mean, that's like a classic example of like almost a pinnacle of German expressionism. I mean, uh, maybe, um, you know, are... maybe some Chuck Jones cartoons. Yeah, okay. he was able to do like a lot of his stuff has like that kind of crazy perspective and angles and stuff like that. Like it, it's I know like half of his stuff was roadrunner cartoons but even those there was just every cliff was a little bit like pointy and a curvy and yeah we 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 already mentioned metropolis which obviously did a fair mm-hmm. different but did a fair they have more right angles but uh you know mm-hmm. kind of did some of this on a bigger budget but the thing that keeps popping in my head which does, barely makes sense i'm curious if this gets a hit with you is uh charles foster's kane's mansion in citizen kane sure i could see that just the way the lights coming through the windows and all that you know obviously that's masterful cinematography they didn't have to paint the shadows by that time yeah <laughs> but it's like that's an interesting one because when i think german expressionism i usually 
associate that with everything is like that i like the, i mean i mean dark dark city everything looks like dark city everything in metropolis looks like metropolis yeah and citizen kane kind of switches it up a little bit but i mean that's probably part of why people think it's one of the best movies ever made which i agree with right but yeah i was just thinking specifically that like i feel like the way they are trying to do the light with these weird sets in Caligari like really panned out in his big creepy mansion. <laughs> That's it. I mean, how much did he really have to borrow from at that point? Was Citizen Kane 34? No, that was like 41. 41. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, I know movie. Uh, yeah. I might I be off. It might, I might be a year off on anyway, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, let me see if there's anything else. Why don't you speak to Dr. Crazy? Yeah, I did think it was weird that you can just stroll on into the insane asylum and start talking to people. But there are right. stories like, you know, like 100 years earlier where you could just knock on the door of the White House and have a chat with um, Jefferson in his bathrobe and he didn't care because apparently he's autistic or something. Uh, you're correct. It's 1941. Okay. Also, like, that's, that's an interesting thing if you think of uh, it from the perspective of if cabin of dr caligari was 21 years old like just think about that like how fast things probably moved back then oh yeah i have mentioned in a few podcasts maybe not with you or maybe i have just i recently got on the spurt of reading like um early 20th, oops early 20th century history books mm-hmm. so i read one about the you know the boom of los angeles one about the creation this of course goes all the way to the 80s about the creation of the interstates uh, stuff like that mm-hmm so I started reading a book about the Edmund Fitzgerald, but that was the seventies, but I got confused and thought it was the teens. Cause come on, that's the most teensy sounding name ever. Edmund so, Fitzgerald. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, there are still Fitzgeralds now, unless they all, unless they all died. Right. Um, but, uh, so so that, did that, the uh, highway book have anything about how they uh, blew up a bunch of neighborhoods of black people's neighborhoods to put their highways there? Yeah, that's like 40% of the book. It's like all of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's that's a, yeah. That's, yeah, that's like 40% of the book. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that was a big deal. I, I'd imagine you could write a book about highways and just completely ignore that, but it, mm. that wouldn't really be a history book then, would it? Well, the interesting thing is that di- that didn't really take, they'd been building roads for the first half of the uh, c- century, and that, that didn't really become an issue until the 50s. Mm when they got you know way more ambitious with the roads i guess but yeah they're like these have to go right through the city and they have to be like 25 lanes yeah because before they had like parkways right but those were like never in the cities they just connect areas rurally so and that was a big thing do we just have rural highways or or whatever of course in caligari land there's no highways you just have to walk down medieval streets i guess yeah it's not like metropolis where there are a hundred infinity billion highways (laughs) yeah so but again it's interesting that this one i mean maybe because they're both german they're both silent they're both from the 20s but there is a weird kinship between them despite being very very different movies yeah i can't even think of anything they have in common narrative. well i guess the thing they have in common narratively is just that there are like things that are being humanoid things that are being controlled i guess in I mean, in the case of let's see, a robot or a, or a guy who's a sleepy guy. He's just sleepy. That's all. Sleeping, sleeping men, sleep, sleepmen. Um, somnambulist. Somnambulist. 
Somnambulist. Anyway, I trusted you the first time when you said it. And I was like, oh, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> Guy being person being controlled and you you follow the everyman as they freak out about it. And, um, and they're both like I, I'd say they're both like really. Um, I don't know, humanistic, very like thoughtful. I don't know. Good. Can I just say they're they're like they I feel like they represent the just the goodness of humanity through the filter of just of scary supernatural stuff yeah i don't know they're both Um, like very like optimistic films and even though there's different results in both both (laughs) cases yeah maybe there's a couple of things um another book i recently read was uh, about theta barra one of the early film queens that has been pretty much completely forgotten because most of her films don't even exist anymore right Mm -hmm. but uh she was the vamp and uh, i did notice they were portraying his uh, not wife as the vamp basically in this movie the dangerous Wait. woman the woman if you get involved with her she'll screw you up the vamp oh yeah, yeah. i that that went by pretty quickly yeah but this would have been right at the tail end of her career so i thought maybe they mm-hmm. were kind of referencing that because she basically was a big star from 19 uh, 1915 to 1920 and then like off the map completely after that she made like maybe two films <laughs> Yeah, I noticed Jane's career was like last until like 1978. Wow, that's impressive. A um, couple other small touches, uh, both having to do with Caligari. Um, this, of course, seven years before Mickey Mouse, but I was like, he has like stylized Mickey Mouse gloves on. Oh, yeah. The good thing he could still do that before Disney um, would sue you for it. Yeah, because I, I draw the weather on the board and I always draw ridiculous looking sun and cloud characters and I give them gloves mm-hmm. and I do, I do the two little lines so the kids are always like, it's Mickey Mouse. It doesn't look like Mickey Mouse at all. <laughs> so so for posterity's sake, may, I'm going to ask you to make a prediction. What year do you think Mickey Mouse will enter the public domain? 3007. Okay, I'm going to be a little more optimistic and say 2080. Okay. That was just the first number that came to mind. So, <laughs> Oh, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I, if it's not if he's not in the public domain by thirty three thousand, then we've we don't deserve to live like human <laughs> humans humans hopefully are just gone. Um, we don't deserve to exist. Right. Uh, I was thinking the last scene we see of of crazy Caligari. He he definitely looks like Doc Brown in a straitjacket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would. I would. Um, Assume that Christopher Lloyd may have based his performance on this. Yeah, at least in part that that makes sense. So maybe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, any any other big ones you got on this or interesting questions you want to ask out? Wrap mm. about. Uh, I like how um I like how Cesar tries to like carry Jane off and then just gets tired and puts her down. Well, she was heavy. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> she's he's a realistic. He's a small man and he spends most of his time sleeping, so he doesn't work out. That's true. I was like, man, if you spend all your time sleeping, you probably have really bad like muscles and hair and everything. I don't even know how you'd stab somebody. Maybe he's just meditating all the time. You're like Neo in the Matrix. Like you can't use your eyes and stuff. But if he's meditating all the time, then he's transcending time and space. Maybe he's incredibly powerful because of but, that. But then he wouldn't go around killing people and listening to some old freak. So 
maybe he's meditated to the point where he's decided that nothing matters anymore and he should just kill anyone he can. Oh, okay. I, I don't think people usually come to that conclusion. <laughs> well, do, I mean, do we know anyone who's meditated for 23 years straight? Probably not. Mm. Let's, let's go check out the Himalayas I think and see what we if, find. If you're listening to this podcast and you've meditated for 23 years straight or more, then please email oral hygiene. Somebody. What do you have an email? Do you have an email? You don't have an email, do you? No, you can find oral hygiene at Twitter facebook and and the patreon umbrella of podcastio podcastius where we also have matt and luke's sci-fi sanctuary talking about sci-fi flicks time enough podcast talking about the twilight zone and luke loves pokemon about pokemon monster mash and apparently something about a uh video game quiz show is coming up because they've running Ooh. out of monsters to mash <laughs> oh i want to jo- i want to compete yeah I, yeah, I don't, I'm not quite sure how that works, but uh, just, we're running out of monsters, so we have to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Cool. Um, if this is before March, you might find me at the Buried Alive Film Festival in Atlanta, Georgia from uh, March 31st through April 2nd. If it's after March, maybe it got postponed and it's even later. It's but I'll say March. you can find me at Stunrunner Music at Twitter, I think it's called. Mm. Right. I don't know, man. Probably seems like I. I think I tagged that recently. So good, just rib, just copy paste. Right, that's copy what, paste that's everything. Everyone, copy paste everything and have a copy paste day. Did you advance the film strip? Are you on the final page? Well done.